From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Dr. Gwendolyn Page Herzig. Through Park West Pharmacy in Little Rock, she helps the trans community with numerous outreach programs. But so first off, Gwen, how do you identify? Uh, I identify with she, her, and her hers pronouns. Mm-hmm. And as a trans female, female. How did you choose your name? It was actually my brother. So I actually kind of just broadcasted out to my whole family. I was like, hey, you know, I'm kind of like taking like name suggestions, you know, think you got a good one. Just uh, kind of toss it my way or think about it and whatnot. And uh, Gwendolyn was uh, from my brother, Jesse. And so like me and Beth talked about it. It was kind of, I don't know, kind of just felt like it stuck. It was right. And I also like going by Gwen, kind of like a short nickname. So that's kind of how it was. So when did you realize that you were, uh, well, you, that you were trans? So I started like really expecting probably around when I was about 12 years old, uh, you know, just, you know, every night just kind of wishing that I was like, would wake up next morning as a girl. It's probably not like the most normal thing that, you know, cisgender people think of. Yeah. But, uh, that being said, and you know, just kind of from there, just, you know, I really kind of like came to full fruition when I was probably in the undergrad. I kind of looked at seeing kind of like what resources were available in like Northeast Arkansas, Jonesboro area. There really was nothing. And then I kind of looked at it and attempted it again probably when I was in pharmacy school. And then obviously we're here. Looking back to when you were a kid, so you said you, you started to kind of realize it at 12. What were some of the things that you, you did or that you noticed or you felt at that time? Uh, you know, just kind of like being like excluded from like, you know, because a lot of my friends and whatnot, I like, I felt like I always got along with like girls more than guys for that most part. Mm-hmm. It was only until like high school that I really start hanging out with like, a, like a group of guy friends. But even before then, it's like, I don't know. I was like, there's always things I really wanted to do, but I never really got to do, you know, like there was like cheerleading and stuff that would have been fun. But, mm. you know, I kind of like got into more like acting. So at least I got to do like a lot of theater and stuff, which was more like the artistic side. So that was a lot of fun. Okay. How did you come to terms with with who you are and accept that part of yourself once you finally got in, I mean, you were said you were in your undergrad years and you finally realized this is what it is. What did that bring forth and how did you come to terms with it and deal with that? Uh, so I don't know, like, so kind of like going forward, like to get like the dysphoria part or like the, you know, trying to like pushing back, like the thoughts that would kind of like get me upset and whatnot. I was always like very goal focused and oriented. So I always like was stay on top, top of like goals and tasks, which is kind of like how I've like survived all the way up to this point. So if it wasn't like, oh, making good grades in high school, it was working on East Lab, making sure we went to nationals. If it wasn't that it was graduating in honors in high school and then moving on to undergrads, making sure I got good grades and university honors there and just so forth. It's just it's like it was just one goal after another. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I dealt with that portion. But as for like, I don't know, it just I kind of always kind of like accepted it in a sense that it's a part of me. It's just I never like really shown that to anyone forever. Mm-hmm. I That was like the best kept secret ever. So, I mean, it's. Well, and you mentioned to me in our pre-interview that one of those goals that you set yourself to be able to kind of distract yourself from being trans, essentially, was getting married. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, not, I mean, I wouldn't say distract. It was just like moment of happiness. Like my wife, my spouse, Beth, mm-hmm. it's like everything to me. And so, I mean, obviously, it's like, I wouldn't say it was a distraction. It was just more like, oh, it's just like. No, because, you know, I had like moments of happiness and everything throughout my life, for sure. But it's yeah. like, you know, it was 
going through life, you know, it's like I had like I feel like I had more lows and then, you know, like a just a nice steady stream of things, I guess. Yeah, sorry. I, I had that phrasing a little bit a little bit off. It was just that, you know, you you'd mentioned that you you got very task oriented and you you were focused on checking tasks off and that was how you kind of put that away and focused on oh, yeah, focus no. on the task instead of instead of that. And so um, I just found that very, very interesting and kind of shows why you're so driven when the things that you do, which we'll get to talk about later. But I found that kind of interesting. That's your motivation to kind of deal and handle the fact that you were trans and kind of push that aside um, by focusing on these tasks. It's very interesting oh, yeah, for sure. take on it. Like definitely it's like tunnel vision. So it's mm -hmm. like, I don't, it's like, get on one task and like really make sure it's like done to like complete fruition and then move on to the next task. And honestly, that's kind of just like how I manage any project for that matter. Mm -hmm. so. Just the way you handle things in general. Mm -hmm. During this time, did you have a role model or confidant that you could either look to or speak to directly? Uh, nope, none. No? <laughs> not, not about being like trans or any of my like thoughts or anything, by no means. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to the big thing, and that's coming out. How did you come out in the various areas of your life? How did you let others know about your identity? So it was a very like stepwise manner. So like December of 2019, like it started like my dysphoria started like really popping up. I started getting like real depressed and whatnot. And like you know, normally I was like always looking for that next task, right? Trying mm -hmm. to find that next big project. But at that point, it's like no project that I was taking on was like big enough or like enough to like herbicide it. So it was just getting really bad. So I'm like, it was like April. And so I'm like, okay, April 1st of 2020. I'm like, I'm going to start doing some hormone therapy, see how it goes, you know, and then schedule appointment with the therapist because like two weeks of hormone therapy is not going to change, make any permanent changes enough for anything to happen. It just to like, see if it makes me feel better. It, made me feel a lot better. Just the fact that maybe I was like, oh, this is kind of like, oh, I'm taking a step in the right direction type yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. So then like the most cringeworthy is like I made an appointment with my therapist and my therapist is the first person I came out to and she was super great. But it's like, she's like, I knew something you wanted to keep secret. What? Cause I just kind of came out with it. I wasn't going to beat around the bush. I'm like, Hey, so <laughs> I'm like, midlife crisis do you think maybe like maybe i'd like identify as a female and she's like most people don't want to change their gender for a midlife crisis that doesn't happen i'm like okay <laughs> so uh yeah and so no it was like super awesome i mean we talked through it we set kind of like some goals and whatnot and and uh the after her, the next person I came out to was my wife, because after that point, it was like a full two weeks after starting HRT and about a week and a half after I spoke with my therapist. Uh -huh. And it was Good Friday. And like, you know, like you didn't you couldn't think you could get any more cringeworthy coming out. <laughs> my wife was like the most cringeworthy of all things. Oh, my God. I was like, it was Good Friday. I was going to tell her all day. And I'm like breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's going to somewhere in between there. We got through the whole day and I'm like, I didn't find a good time. Yeah, and so yeah. getting in the hot tub, I got like, I got ended up getting out of the hot tub like three times, get like a refill on vodka to like trying to build up some like liquid courage. Mm -hmm. It was like so miserable. <laughs> Eventually she's like, all right, I'm going to get out of the hot tub. I'm like, ah, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm like, what if I like identify as a woman? And she's like, like she knew something was wrong. Like she could like, 
she thought I was like cheating on her. And so I'm like, no, 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 no. But, you know, it's still like a lot to take in and whatnot, for sure. And like, I couldn't answer every single question like all at once. And so it's like, let her mull it over. You know, it was like a lot of like dialogue in the the first like two to four weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually, there was just a certain point. There was one night where I just like, kind of just like all kind of like came together. And I like, you know, ended up like breaking down and everything, which was horrible. But uh, like, I think at that point, she's like, oh, my gosh, this this is for real. And like, this is a real thing because at that point it's like, you know, she didn't really know anything about the trans community or anything. Yeah. So. Well, and, and so you, but, you have this first conversation in the hot tub, you're obviously extremely nervous and it's very hard for you to get it out, which is completely understandable. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of obvious that you would be that nervous considering that you started HRT and, and talked to a therapist before you spoke to her. Um, so you said she had a, she had a million questions. What were some of the things that, that she came out with first that were, um, that were kind of tough for you to, to think about at that time? I mean, you know, obviously she's like, Oh, you already started HRT and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but my goal with that was like to make sure like I could tolerate HRT and stuff because Mm. to me it's like HRT is a very powerful tool. And if I couldn't like tolerate it reason, or if it wasn't just for me, I mean, that's a pretty big part for me anyways, is for transitioning. Now I completely, Understand HRT is not required for transitioning. Surgical procedures are not required for transitioning. Makeup or anything is not required for transitioning. Everyone has their own like little place they want to be on the spectrum. To me, to mine is like very far over to the feminine area. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um, yeah, so that was one of her like concerns. Then yeah. obviously to like speaking to a therapist yeah. and stuff. I mean, that wasn't so much like a concern. It was like, oh, she's like, I'm glad you're like talking to someone about it. Yeah, great. <laughs> Once again, I'm like, I'm very much a planner. So I like to make like stepwise plans to everything. So, <laughs> and then other than that, I mean, her concerns were, you know, it's like, are you still attracted to me? I'm like, yes, I love you so much. But that is not, that is not a question or even an issue here. So mm-hmm. yeah, stuff like that. And you said that it was a few weeks in when you had sort of a breakdown moment. Um, what did you feel uh, brought that on? Was, was it kind of emotionally getting to be a lot for you or was it more that you felt you weren't getting your message across to her uh i don't know maybe just a little bit of everything i mean i obviously that was like i don't know about a month a month and a half in so i was still trying to adapt to everything i mean yeah. work was very stressful at that time you know trying to like you know get my learn my style and stuff dealing with you know and i feel like I don't know for me like the early transition part of it like especially like months zero through like six or zero through seven were really difficult because it's like yeah i want to start dressing film i want to look really nice i want to start you know my you know and i know not the goal should not be passing by no means but you know my one of my goals is like i just i just want to go out in public and just be identified as female and no question asked and just live my life but that being said it's like you know the early part of the transition stage, you know, it's like laser hair therapy hadn't fully set in yet. HRT can only work so fast. It's a very, very slow process. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like very nerve wracking. Like, I don't want to be like, see a guy in a dress for me. Yeah. I think that's our, all of our kind of main fear. And 
what's the main goal? We, we, we talk about on this show a lot that same idea that the goal shouldn't be to pass because you can't control, again, what the HRT is going to do and the timing takes a while. You got to be patient, all of that. But that's all we want. We want to be we want to identify as a woman. We want to be seen as that and accepted as that. And with that in our society, you know, the, the bar is to pass. And, you know, honestly, I remember there's this one really, really sweet night because Beth was like, all right. So she's like, she basically gave me like a dress up night, like a first like, OK, I'm going to do like full makeup. She studied about like how to hide stubble or the five o'clock shadow and all oh, that wow. and uh -huh. makeup and stuff. And she's like, all right. So she's like, we're going to I'm going to try it. and We're going to do it. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, let's do it where there's not a mirror in the room and at the end of it after you do everything if it looks really bad or if you just think i'm going to be disappointed just tell me no and we'll just stop <laughs> and we'll just try again later uh she she got done and uh she looked real and i mean she's like i think you'll be fine i was literally going from our bedroom into the bathroom it was like oh my gosh my body did not like want to move through the door i was so nervous but uh no it was awesome i mean when i got in there i was like oh i can i can finally see her she She's there, nice. but uh, you know, it's like I, we had a couple of wigs too, but you know, we had them on originally to kind of just try out different styles. But at the end, I actually really like my hair was like starting to grow out a little bit. So it was like this cute, like little pixie cut. Okay. And so I was like, oh, this is like really cute. So I don't know. It was just a really special moment. Oh, that's amazing. It's so wonderful not only to get the your significant other's acceptance, <laughs> but that level of involvement and help with it is is incredible. That must have felt so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's like, you know, because it's like she wants to try and like she wants, you know, because I'm important to her and vice versa. So she wants to make sure I'm like I'm taken care of and so on and so forth. And I mean, honestly, my wife is like truly amazing because she's like a jack of all trades. So out of high school, she got her cosmetology license. So hmm. the girl can do hair and nails and everything else. But then when I went to pharmacy school, she's like, well, I kind of want to get a modality that maybe pays a little bit better. That way, if something did happen to me, she could be able to support herself. Because with really with hair, especially in Jonesboro at the time, was not very like a self-supporting, you know, job where if something happened to her, she could have her own place and whatnot okay. for me. So uh, she went to rad tech school. So she did x-rays and she did all that up till COVID. And then finally, after COVID, she started doing, um, she opened up her own cleaning business and doing glow again, which is like doing fantastic god she's actually hiring part-time help now and so uh yeah no she's a jack of all trades <laughs> what was what was acceptance like for you within your family and your job did you have any particular issues in either of those how did that go no everything was pretty much good i mean the nice thing about like the pe my job my friends my family is like i kind of already like ta not tailored but i'm like I knew how people were most likely going to react and whatnot. My family's a very loving family, very like down to earth. It might've come to like a shock for a second, but you know, my family's like, we just want to make sure you're safe and happy and you know, we're whatnot. It maybe took my mom a little bit to get a hold of like Gwen, like getting hold of the name Gwen. Not yeah, that that's pretty like, common. names like, like my mom wants to throw out like Gretchen and Bertrude or I, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. It's probably not those names, but you know, similar stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. I love you. Just more no, old lady names. Is that what, what I'm kind of getting the vibe of? <laughs> she might be on here. Be careful. <laughs> but no, uh, no, but Gwen is like very much kind of like settled. It's going well. So yeah, that was great. Oh, that's and great. then as for my coworkers, like I kind of introduced my, 
So I'm kind of, I don't want to say, I'm, I kind of test the waters with people. Okay. So I'll like, I was, I was really good about like bringing up this like trans subjects and seeing like everyone's knowledge and seeing like how, like there was this particular like work dialogue where I kind of got, I almost got the whole pharmacy involved with like just talking about it, you know, cause you know, someone who's really like uneducated or doesn't really know, like they can easily like, when they think drag, they think trans. And I'm like, no, no, those are like two separate situations. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here I am. I'll just act like completely ignorant. I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. And then I'll just kind of see everyone's knowledge and see kind of where everyone sides. And, uh, you know, I mean, and that's not fair to say side. But, you know, just kind of like gauge who's like safer. And maybe I can come out to a little bit easier and explain things to other people. So, yeah. Yeah, just testing the waters and figuring out where people are coming from, uh, probably potentially, you know, labeling or figuring out who the the more difficult people are going to be to accept it and how you can tailor that conversation. I think that's a pretty smart way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, all my coworkers were healthcare, for, you know, working in healthcare are very accepting. We've always, you know, we handle multiple patients and whatnot, and mm-hmm. all my employees were great. I mean, honestly, I just came out one pretty much one by one and kind of let them know and. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Family was great. Good support system. Can't ask for much for more than that. And uh, as for my friends, I've always kind of made sure my friends were a certain circle of people. So Nice. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other issues that, that cropped up at work? Because you work a lot with the public. Yeah. So I guess one of my biggest fears was like losing my health, you know, like my status as a healthcare provider, like a respected healthcare provider, mm-hmm. because I work directly with like multiple clinics and multiple physicians. And I, you know, to me, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to, I don't know how well this is going because I don't know how they feel about the trans community or if they really understand it or yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, that was nerve wracking, but you know, honestly, um, you know, it's, you know, People in the trans community are all around us. Yeah. Hopefully enough. I mean, it literally, I'm like the, I mean, the one main clinic I was working with was, uh, their, her, the manager, the clinic manager, his daughter is trans and she's like a big trans activist. So I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even know. This is awesome. So they were super accepting and she really helped get the clinic kind of familiar with the issues. And now the clinic's very familiar with me and they're like, oh, it's just Gwen and everyone, you know, it's great. So it was really kind of like building up my confidence because mm-hmm. I used to have like, I, I, I still do have astounding confidence, but uh, like my confidence was like rock solid. And then when I decided to transition, it was like someone took like a chisel and or like slightly and just like shattered my confidence. So yeah. it was like literally over the last year, I've had to like piece that confidence back together and like make sure I'm like rock solid again. And I'm definitely at this point, a hundred percent back to where I was. So I can be like very motivated and make sure I can get things done. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that. I think that's, that's pretty common. It, you know, I know at least for dating, I definitely had that happen, but I think in other ways too, you know, there are a lot of areas where this extra thing does kind of help chip it away at our, at our confidence and make it a little bit more difficult to do all the things. I know like going out sometimes was more difficult because, you know, I wasn't confident in myself or my presentation at first when I came out, I wasn't sure, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to put makeup on or whatever. So then I, I can't go out and wear my feminine clothes. I have to wear boys clothes because I feel like I still look like a boy. So, um, uh, yeah, it's just, just a, a lot of eroded confidence at the beginning. You live in Arkansas. 
And I know that's a, I know that's a kind of a troublesome area, especially nowadays with some of the stuff they're putting in, in legislation, but I don't think that's really anything too new. Did that influence or have an effect on any of your coming out or, or your confidence or level of acceptance around there? Uh, I would say maybe a level of acceptance for like the general population, because it's a lot of like uneducated hearsay, sadly. I mean, it's like yeah. you have all these war tactics with this legislation that's coming out and like pretty much any trans individual say that a lot of these things that they're trying to pass are just like, oh, like going after Frankenstein's monster that doesn't exist, but just to rile people up. It's just it's the most ridiculous thing. I mean, for instance, it's like. The trans youth bill, like, oh, like they're trying to like make it sound like the trans youth are like being prescribed HRT, which is like, oh, everyone's in like testosterone or estradiol and yada, yada, yada. I mean, that doesn't happen for kids. There's very strict guidelines and very educated like pathways for that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's about like suppressing puberty, which means that we're just preventing puberty from happening, giving the child more time to figure out their specific identity and which path they want to go down. Plain and simple. But everyone wants to be like, oh, you're going to make them grow a beard or they're going to go breasts or whatever. And it's just like, oh, it's just, I don't know. It's like, instead of like listening to facts and like science, (laughs) we want to like, oh, we want to like, for instance, that one, like, senator, I mean, this wasn't Arkansas, but, you know, he's like, genital mutilation, genital, and, like, genital mutilation and a vaginoplasty are, like, two different things. Mm-hmm. Two different things. And it's like, and first of all, surgeries don't happen to minors. That, that doesn't happen at all. But no one wants to talk about that. They just want to get scared and riled up about something. So, whatever. Yeah, and that makes it really tough. That's a really tough hurdle for us to overcome um I, I know Jeannie, i think she's in the chat was saying that she just um went to a, a, a thing where you know for that for that bill you were talking about and the experts they brought forth were using really old old studies and old information and I, again like you said they were really really avoiding the science in a lot of ways it's just super unfortunate i'm surprised i didn't bring up leeches and bloodletting I mean, well, genital mutilation, that's that, like you said, that that's such a twisting of it. That's a completely different thing. But it, you know, it's, it's something we've heard of. And it's kind of, you know, buzzwordy. So it's, let, let, let's, let's start throwing that in there. And they, they just love to confuse to try and get a point across. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. Um, I'm pretty sure if you throw the word mutilate in front of anything or behind anything, it just sounds absolutely horrible. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like I said, so it's a great buzzword for um, getting everybody riled up. In your profession, so as a pharmacist and dealing with a lot of medical care professionals and companies, have you encountered anything there as far as um, people who object to transgender health care? Uh, I've only come across really one person, and she wasn't like super objectiving, but I feel like she was super uneducated and maybe slightly transphobic. So not going to call out any providers, but... That being said, the majority, I would say at least 95% of providers, they don't care. They're just there to make sure the patient's treated and taken care of and yada, yada, yada. But it shouldn't be like when you have an EMT call to your house and maybe it's that one out of three or five million or whoever. And they're like, you're having a heart attack. But he's like, oh, I didn't know you're trans. I don't believe in your like whatever. I don't want to treat you. 
I mean, that that's just, that's no bueno. You're an EMT. <laughs> Save the person's life. They're human. Get them to the hospital. Come on, people. When you came out, were there people that accepted you that you weren't expecting? Was there any areas either like directly in your life or in the greater community that surprised you? Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Do not judge a book by its cover. Very much like yourself, it works the exact other way. Uh, the perfect example is my Dexnor Navy uh, neighbor, Amy and, uh, oh my God, Blake, Amy and Blake. Uh, Blake is like hunting, like archery. He's, he's a super awesome guy. Uh, but it's like, I'm like, oh my God, it's like, it's bringing me back to my high school days with like camo crowd and like <laughs> super like manliness. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, it's actually, you know, when I reintroduced myself to Amy and she's like, oh, wow, Blake's like has family that's LGBTQ. I'm like, what? Oh, and Blake's Blake are pretty tight. I mean, we're, we're great. Good. Best neighbors I could ever ask for. But if I was making a bet, I would have would have lost a lot of money. A lot. <laughs> But yeah, no, for sure. That that's just one of many examples. I mean, and I have plenty of patient examples. Hmm. So, and I think what's really nice is that honestly, I've only had maybe a handful, maybe four or five patients transfer out of my pharmacy that were transphobic or maybe just didn't believe in my way of life. Mm-hmm. But like majority of my patients are like, oh, either a, it's like we didn't know, and then afterwards maybe they go educate themselves and see that, oh, Gwen had. Gwen is just, you know, Dalton is now Gwen. And, you know, it's like, oh, they're still taking care of us. They're still human. They're still doing what they do. And uh, I can still come to them whenever I need something. Like, yeah, for sure. Because me and Jesse will still be at the pharmacy in like 10 minutes if someone has an emergency. Plain and simple. So let's switch over to community and finding that greater family, basically, to belong to that understands what you're going through. What was your first experience trying to find a community like that? Uh, it was probably trying to find like an HRT provider. So the first like community that I kind of like reached out to was probably the trans group in Ar- the tra- Arkansas trans group, um, which has been a great community a great first stepping stone into like having help and like asking questions and everything. Um, and so from there, you know, it's like, I'm not going to lie. I started out as that like that creeper, like just checking, like, you know, seeing what's out there, seeing what like resources or whatnot. I think we all pre-transition pre- people start there <laughs> yeah, for sure. Kind of like seeing what the waters are. And then um, obviously too, like Reddit was also a good, like, I'm not going to lie. If you're trans, you've probably seen transition timelines unless you're like non-binary maybe. So, I mean, I've seen timeline photos after one, after one, after one, just kind of like, you know, everyone's transition is different. Everyone like develops at a certain time. So it's, you know, it's not really fair to look at timeline photos, but it kind of gives you kind of like maybe a sense of what could happen. So for sure. But, um, but from there, it's like Arkansas uh, trans community. And then from there, it's like finally finding my HRT provider, Mm. When then from there it was like just uh Courtney Frierson in um uh, and Wade in um Little Rock area their therapists they are been super awesome they're very well connected so then it's like making connections with healthcare providers and therapists and just kind of fully like and just expanding my spider web of people that I know and trust. Mm. Did that help you on your journey having other people to talk to? 
Did that help in, in any of your conversations with uh, coming out to friends and family? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, once again, it's nice. But once again, you know, there's more and more and more out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to like say, oh, I'm not the only one that's having this experience or like being able to talk to people. Yeah, for I, actually 100%. Now, what I say made me more comfortable, like coming out to like friends and family. No, I mean, it's like I kind of did all that in the beginning before, like really like reaching, branching out into the community as much as I had. So, OK. And now you mentioned that you started the, the, the almost the first thing you did was to seek out a therapist. How has that helped along your transition? Oh, me and like me and Holly are tight. <laughs> I mean, so Holly's the first person I came out to and Holly is like just wrote my GRS letter. So it's like super awesome. So Holly can act. What's nice about Holly. She's literally seen me from start and I'm not finished yet, but it's like, she's, it's, it's nice that she's been able to see the whole change, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's pretty awesome. So, I mean, even like my depression, anxiety scale, my anxiety is still kind of like where it was, I mean, I'll always have anxiety. That's just kind of how I, that's my fuel, my Mountain Dew, in a sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, as my depression, though, I mean, my depression is like almost, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still kind of have like a couple blah days, but nothing, nothing, nothing like it was at all. Nice. And so what does transition look like for you at this point? Have your goals shifted as you've gone through? And kind of yeah. what, where, where are you, where do you see yourself at this point? So, you know, I think at the beginning it was like, oh, I want the full package. You know, I want, I want HRT. I want to be, you know, like closet full. I want every surgery that there is to know. But, you know, at the end of the, like now I'm like, yeah, there's a, I still want some like surgeries, but I mean, as for like facial feminization, because that's very the beginning of it. I was like, I want FFS. I want FSS. Now, are there some things about my face that I don't like? Of course. I mean, but everyone's their biggest critic. Mm -hmm. So my nose, like, oh, I wish my nose was like a little cuter. But honestly, that's pretty much it on my face. So, mm -hmm. I mean, but and like, and as for like, oh, like everyone's like, I want a boob job. And I'm like, eh, you know, I'll give it two years. I'll see where they get. I mean, they've been doing pretty good so far. So that's great. And then as for like, other things like I mean I guess GR for me personally GRS is kind of like the biggest one I want and that's just I don't know personal preference. Yeah, the one thing about the one thing for you and and how far along are you in your your journey now? I, I will be one year as of April second. With well, with the everything with HRT, how mm -hmm. much do you feel that being a pharmacist and being able to tweak and sort of maybe having a a greater knowledge of the medication has helped in your your actual physical changes? Do you think it's had an effect? Uh, I think being knowledgeable for sure, and actually having the connections with the HR, you know, my HRT providers, like because you know I'm pretty, I don't know, I'm pr I feel like I'm pretty solid with everyone in the Little Rock area or Arkansas for that matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have Vector Healthcare in Northwest Arkansas, which services that whole side of the state, which is doing great work. In Little Rock and Central Arkansas area, I mean, you have the Gender Spectrum Clinic, which, you know, services 21 years and younger. And that's with Dr. Hutchinson. She's doing great. Janet Cathy with Planned Parenthood. She's doing great work. Then you have Mary Racher, who's at uh, UAMS. She's doing great work. Then you really have, uh, you have Kim Hill now. And Kim Hill is actually what's, 
She's actually going up to Will Powers in Detroit. She's there right now learning the Will Powers approach. Going to bring it to Arkansas. So that's hmm. super great. And then you got wow. Teresa Nemo in Baptist. Or no, she was affiliated with Baptist. I think Teresa Nemo I, has her own like practice now. Not 100% sure. But regardless, Dr. Nemo is fantastic. She does a lot of HRT and she's an actual endocrinologist. That's her specialty. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then in Northeast Arkansas, you have Daniel Lynch doing HRT too. And so, I mean, it's expanding. We're growing. There's HRT providers out there. As for you South Arkansas residents, you're just, you're going to have to take a day trip. I'm sorry. But as for everyone Central or North, I mean, there's they're there. So. Hmm. What were some of the key fears you've had during your journey and how have you overcome those? Oh my God, my key fears. Uh, I guess like the biggest key fear is like losing everything. Like, you know, what's funny. I was like, I felt like a long time ago, I'm like, if I could just wake up as a woman, there's, there's not much that I wouldn't give up. But now, you know, but then it's like, well, now it's like, well, if you want to be, if you want to be a woman, it's like, you got to put in the work. It's like, ugh, it's like, oh no, now I'm like putting in lots of work. And then it's like, how many, how many people are going to lose? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and also it's like my job, my status, my everything that I, my education, which you can't take away education. I get that. But it's like a lot that you work for. And it's like that true deep feeling of like, you are going to lose everything. Yeah. And yeah. especially like, even like and the biggest thing is like my wife. I'm like, I do not want to lose her at all, but I'm like losing myself. So it's like, it's like, I have to like roll the dice or do something. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's the sad truth for a lot of people. There is a lot of loss involved in transitioning. There's a lot that you have to deal with and it, it causes a lot of turbulence and a lot of change. But again, like you alluded to, it's so important to be able to be yourself and to get to that level within yourself uh, that I wouldn't say it's worth it, but it's sort of necessary to go through it. What do you do in your life or in your presentation to feel valid, to feel that really strong validation of like, oh, yes, like I am totally a woman and this is me? Uh, I guess it's really like getting up in the morning. Like, you know, I used it's really funny. It's like like early transition stages. Like I was like full face of makeup. I'm not going outside without a full face of makeup. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, you know with my laser hair therapy and all that, like a lot of this is like almost gone. I still have like my hair is just so dark. It's just, it'll take a while to get fully rid of that five o'clock shadow. Yeah. But it's like a little concealer, some eye, like some eyeliner, some mascara. I'm, I'm good to jet, you know, it's so I'm, I'm getting a lot more comfortable with that, but I don't know. You know, a nice thing about my work is dressing professional is that, so I, I can throw on a nice dress, some earrings, mm-hmm. have my face done. Felt like I look good and just kind of go. So, yeah. yeah, I did. I did love that about my office job in a in a nice company was the fact that like it wasn't too out of place for me to wear a dress every day and heels and and jewelry and the full makeup. So I did really appreciate that and appreciate that level of expression that I was able to do. I thought that was really important for me to get to that level of acceptance in myself because if if you're excited about what you get to wear and how you get to present, then how you actually look starts to kind of fall to the wayside a little bit. And you, you can actually really enjoy it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And what's like super, and my wife kind of makes fun of me. She's like, it's like, it's 40 degrees out. You're going to wear a dress. I'm like, 
it is like a 20 second walk from my car to that door and then i am in a, like a seven degree environment for the next eight hours so yes yes i am i'll throw on a cardigan yeah it's kind of funny i I'm, i've gotten to that of like I, I understand what previous you know girlfriends and things um would do like why they would wear the the cuter outfits even though maybe it wasn't the most comfortable I totally feel that it's just like yeah you know it's how long am I going to be un uncomfortable for if it's just a little while then absolutely I'll, I'll go for whatever's the cutest what what forms of dysphoria do you struggle with these days then uh you know my face is still kind of like some mornings I'll wake up and I'll be like I feel like I look good and then other mornings I'll be like oh why do, why okay it's fine just keep trucking. It wasn't like it was like months ago. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's that, uh, you know, you know, lower bottom dysphoria, I guess you could say without being like too graphic on it, but I'm a healthcare provider, but nonetheless, <laughs> I don't know. Like for that, it's like, I just want to wear a cute bathing suit and whatnot. And it's like, ah, I don't really want to, and tucking is like so annoying over yeah. and over again. So it's like, whatever, but, uh, kind of like that. I mean, not, I mean, not too horrible. I really, those are kind of like my biggest. Yeah, I'm still struggling to kind of understand what level of, of genital dysphoria I have and, and, you know, what level of need I have for GCS because the main thing is, yeah, the bathing suit. It's just like, ah, oh, the bathing suit or, you know, tight leggings to go for a run, um, you know, go do some exercise. It's just like the tucking and, and worrying about that and, and coming untucked. Um, as we said uh, on Transvengers, popping a tuck. I love that that phrase, but it's just it's just the worst thing and the worst thing to kind of worry about. So um, that that at this point is sort of my main motivation for getting GCS. What were what were some of the biggest hurdles you've had to overcome in your transition? Or perhaps, you know, we also talk about learning curves, things you had to learn and adjust to. What were some of those big things when you were going through your journey? You know, self-confidence i guess i mean mm -hmm. it's not like being able to like go out to the store and just like do my shopping without thinking like everyone's looking at me which no everyone is looking at me mm -hmm. but you're like on high alert so you're like is everyone looking at me and then so you're kind of like trying to nonchalantly look around make sure no one's looking at you which then it's like well did that person look at me oh my god <laughs> so it's like i don't know so self-confidence in a way it's like just go in and do your shop and do your stuff, which is a lot better now. But, you know, that's always a first struggle. Uh, using the appropriate bathroom. I'm that is like the that's a that's a big milestone for any person. Yeah. So, you know, for sure. Um, name change. Big milestone. Big hurdle. Got that done. That's, you know, you know, because you want your real name and you want your real gender on everything. The only thing I can have not can get yet done is my birth certificate. And that's because Arkansas requires proof of GRS before they can do it. So like I can get my name change done on it, but I'm not going to get my name change done on it separately. Then later go back to my um, sex. I'd rather just do them both at the same time. So there's that, there's that hurdle. Uh, what other, Oh, I mean, you know, just, Going up to my HRT doctor for the first time. Oh, my God. That was, like, super stressful. Like, hmm. it was the first day I decided to wear a dress out. And so here I am. Beth's like, and it was during, like, COVID. So Beth was going to go with me and go to my appointment with me. But they wouldn't let her go up there. So literally, I'm, she's like, all right, you're, you're going to be fine. I was like, will you at least walk the, to the door with me? <laughs> she's like, okay. 
And so we get up there and like, okay, is it one or two appointments? And I'm like, just one. And like, all right, only the first can can go up. I'm like, but I'm like, nah. <laughs> but uh, don't leave you know, that me. Was super cool. Uh, but that was a hurdle. I mean, mm. yeah, a lot of it's just like really like social anxiety hurdles. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it's more getting, ex- you know, getting acceptance in yourself of your presentation or just time, just getting used to doing it over and over again, where you finally get to that point of like going to the bathroom, the, using the, the appropriate restroom is no longer a big deal. Going out and doing your shopping and just doing your day to day stuff is just it just becomes second nature like it used to be. I think it's just like I said, I think it's just time. Um, I think that the pandemic and having to wear a mask all the time and cover up the strong chin and the five o'clock shadow has really helped a lot. But yeah, I oh, think yeah. the main thing is it just seems to be time. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. What's the favorite thing of yours that you've learned through your journey? What's the what's the big takeaway that you've really enjoyed? Oh, like actually looking at myself. I mean, that sounds so conceited, <laughs> but it's like I have never take any value in my personal appearance whatsoever at all. Like even my mom says at this point, it's like I can she can tell that I'm just like so much happier in the way and I take pride in the way I look. And it's because I like the way I look now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's simple. I mean, it's like I like getting up every morning and putting on my nice dress and getting my jewelry on and getting my face done into the sense where I look like a human person. And then looking in the mirror, I'm like, I think I look good today. I mean, it's like a good self-confidence booster. I'm going to go get the day done and get going. So. Yeah. I find that too. There's nothing better than looking in the mirror after you're done and going, I look pretty. Like it just, it's just such an amazing feeling. Never expected it to to happen actually, but it, it's so great when it does. So as we wrap up this portion, the big question we like to finish up with is what, what advice do you have to pass on to young or closeted trans people out there? Yeah. So make a plan. Plans are so vital to success and have a plan B and a plan C and a plan through Z because hmm. things change rapidly. So, and also have your basic needs met. You know, I feel like a lot of the situations that a lot of my girls and guys get into it, they think that transitioning is going to fix everything. Transitioning can make your life far harder if you don't have your basic life needs met. Make sure you have basic clothing, housing, income, food. After you have your basic needs met, then it's like, okay, go after transitioning. Because then it's like you have the tools necessary to get it done. Because honestly, doing that transitioning, you know, it's just, it can be harder. It can, it can be a lot more harder than it really needs to be, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from the Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of the show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse. And be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the transverse.